What's up, guys? It's time to go Behind the Bum. And welcome to this episode of Behind the Bum. To be honest with you, I think my biggest critique is people say, I wish you featured more people from various ages, various countries, things like that. And I always feel like my biggest audience is, let's say, the age gap between 25 to 34. And I can say that because that's where my Instagram says my audience is from. (laughs) So I am throwing myself to the wolves and deciding to explore my horizons. And so I decided to do a podcast with two men who are above 60 years old, who we're going to talk about gay culture, their lives, and give some advice to the younger generation. So I invited on two followers of The Traveling Bum, who I do not personally know yet. So let's start with you, David. Thank you for agreeing to my madness. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks a lot. So, David, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, uh, my name's Dave, and um, I'm, uh, I just turned 60 this year. So um, I live in the middle of nowhere. Um, I live on a, a place called uh, Salt Spring Island in uh, British Columbia. It's, a, it's sort of like a, it's off the coast of uh, Vancouver. It's kind of like a Canadian Palm Springs. So I say it has four H's. It's like hippies, hillbillies, homos, and Hollywood, you know, that all live here. It's a crazy place. So uh, I've been work. I work for myself. I work as a, a freelance translator, which is kind of a weird job. So um, I get uh, documentation, all sorts of medical and technical stuff from all around the world in uh, mostly in Scandinavian languages, I translate them. And I've been doing that since forever, uh, like 1990. Um, I lived on a farm, or I guess my partner and I lived on a farm for 15 years, and that's how I got started doing this. Uh, We are um, together since 89. We are uh, monogamous, believe it or not. Well, monogamish, I'm, I'm the one who usually fucks up, but we're still together. So um, <laughs> it does happen. And I, I'm probably one of those people who was complaining about uh, not having enough uh, uh, various uh, age groups on your uh, podcast. So I've been listening to that for a long time. So you're probably one of the people in the DMs. I was like, fuck this. I'm going to change. and I'm going to do this. And now you ended up on here. So exactly. I- How weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, and my next guest is Rob. Rob, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, my name is Robert Puglisi. Um, I was born in Patterson, New Jersey. Uh, grew up there for the first eight years of my life. Um, when I was eight, my family, we decided to move down to Florida. Um, not any big, populous, you know, exciting town in Florida, but a small, very small um, town called Lanellan, Florida, which most people have never heard of. Um, that's where I went to grammar school, uh, middle school, graduated high school there. Um, lived there till I was uh, um, 21. Then I started working uh, in the restaurant business for a few years in a slightly larger city called Ocala. From there, I moved to Jacksonville, Florida, then down to Orlando. And actually, now I'm in Tampa, where I've been probably for about the past 20 years. Um, 61, just turned 61 last Sunday, March 6th. Happy Uh, birthday. Thank you. Um, I'm single, have been for um, about five years now. Um, My last relationship was pretty brief, probably um, about six months. The longest relationship I've had is was five years, which was quite a while ago. And I actually enjoy the single life. Um, I like to travel, I love to travel. So it gives me the opportunity to, you know, to, to do what I wanna do. And um, I'm so set in my ways right now and I've been living alone for so long that I don't think I could be in a relationship, but you never well, know. I've got two people who are polar opposites right yeah. now. <laughs> David over here who lives on a farm town with his <laughs> And I've got living the single bachelor life, and I don't know who I relate to more right you're now. You're covering, but... you're covering all your bases, you know. <laughs> I've so... got the Canadian and the American. What more could yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> well, let's let's get into it a little bit. Like I know you guys briefly explained where you come from, but like I don't know, David. Like explain like at, in what year did you come out? Like how old were you? Um. Well, that's kind of hard to say. I mean, I I uh, um God. Well, I didn't really. Okay. Well, I, there were a lot of incidences. So I uh, I first. I always kind of knew I was gay and my parents told me it's a phase, 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 it's a phase. I went to like a shrink to tell me it was a phase and the shrink didn't tell me that. And at one point I, you know, I started to experiment probably around 82, 83 when I was in college. I had a, a stint there for a little bit while I was born again to try to get over this whole phase that didn't really work. Um, and then you know, I just basically, I, I really wasn't out, but I was getting, getting some on the side. <laughs> you were, you were acclimating yourself to what being. Yes. Was. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, that was the height of the, it was the beginning of the AIDS crisis, which had a huge impact. Um, you know, I, I, then I got a girlfriend and that sort of, that, you know, it was, it was very nice. She was a wonderful woman and, uh, I was, you know, had a great time. We had regular sex. But uh, eventually I just knew it was bullshit and I couldn't sustain, you know, this wasn't going to work. So I ultimately I came out, I met my current partner in 89, my husband, and uh, we were out at a restaurant or whatever. And I was like, I was by for a while, right? There's a great sign. And because I was, I wasn't really sure what, what, you know, I, I really believed that there was, it was going to be a phase at some point. And I, I was out with Tim drinking and I said, well, I identify as bisexual. And he's like, what the fuck? He's like, I'm not wasting time on somebody who doesn't know what they want. So you either shit or you get off the pot. Are you gay or not? And I was like, okay, I'm gay. And that was, that was pretty much the end of it. So I would say uh, 89, I pretty much acknowledged that it wasn't gonna, that was gonna happen. And uh, I called my mom on the phone, you know, and uh, I hadn't really been out to her, uh, but they knew like something was, you know, going on. It's a long story. Since I was a kid, they they knew uh, that I was different, and uh, and I struggled with this because when I was in that whole conversion thing, I put my parents' address down as my home address, not realizing that they would get all the flyers. Okay. So they got all these like Christian flyers from like this weird ass church. So they knew something was up. Anyhow, in the long run, when I told my mom, you know, I'd met this boy and I was head over heels in love. She was like, oh, God, you're not even bi anymore. And I said, <laughs> no, I'm not. And she said, you know, I just knew this was going to happen. I really knew it. And I said, well, why did you tell me it was a phase all these years? And she said, oh, well, that's what all the books said. How the hell was I supposed to know? So, you know, that's pretty much 89 is, is when I when I came out. So. So the 80s, needless to say, were rough to come out in. That was a that was a crazy ass time. I mean, it was a brutal, it was crazy. It was really crazy. It was definitely like I describe it to somebody, it's like coming to a disco, you know, two hours after it after the party left. You know, yeah. I, I'm at an age where it was just like I came out, I started going to discos in 82, 83, and AIDS had sort of come out. And it was something that was going on in like New York City and in you know San Francisco. No one knew at that point that it was all over Montreal, you know. And it wasn't. Uh, it just seemed like something distant. And like later on, you know, after it got more, it got more intense. So it's it sucked. It 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 it, uh, it, it fucked me up for a while, for a long time. I would say a lot of that. You know, how you come out in your 20s, oftentimes, in my view, gives you kind of a trajectory of where, where you're going to go. You know, those relationships and the way you relate to yourself as a gay person when you're first coming out gets difficult to change after the, the initial piece of it. You know what I mean? No, I mean, I'm still in my 20s, but I'll say that I think when I first moved to New York and when I first came out moving to New York, I'm surprised that out of like all my straight friends, let's say, let's compare like my straight friends to my gay friends. I think I've managed to maintain like phenomenal relationships with all my gay friends. Mm. And I find it harder to believe like, how would I ever not be close with these people? Because like, I feel like we all came out together. We've all grown together, like watching all of us kind of go through our own lifestyle yeah. changes in New York. And like, I don't know if that's just my own experience, 
but I feel like it has nothing to do with being gay or straight, but I've found that I've distanced myself from a lot of my straight friends. And it's not that nothing's happened or we got in fights. It's more just like life has taken us into different directions where I'm not as close with some of them, but my gay friends, I look at them and I've been friends with them for like, I've been out seven years now. And like, I'm still best friends with that group of people. And it's weird that it's yeah. like, why do I, maybe it's just because I relate to them so much. I don't know. Rob, what about you? Um, okay. Well, uh, in my case, I, I don't think I ever really had an official coming out. I mean, back in those days, we didn't even have the term coming out, you know, and that's some, that's more like a recent thing. Um, the first person I actually told I was gay, I was 21. I didn't tell any speak about it to anybody until I was 21. I was working with, um, my best friend, we had gone to school since fifth grade and we were working in a restaurant together and. One night we were out after work having breakfast and um, there was somebody I was interested in that we worked with and I kind of confessed it to her. She was, that was like my first revealing to anybody. And, you know, it didn't change anything. You know, she was still my best friend. It, it, you know, she didn't, she kind of had a, you know, a clue, might've thought something was up, but um, so she was actually the first person I ever told. Um, I never, told my family until I was in my late 20s. I actually, my brother, my older brother, I told him probably when I was about 28, 29, because I was in a relationship and it was going rocky and I was really depressed. He wanted to know what was going on. So I finally confessed to him. Of course, it didn't make a difference. He didn't care. Uh, a couple of years after that, I finally told my older sister. Um, she didn't care. I mean, they're both, nothing changed in that regards. Uh, Parent-wise, it's never been discussed with my parents. I've always assumed that they knew um, because I lived with, you know, a guy for like five years. Uh, I never had a girlfriend, never, you know, did the dating thing, never tried females or anything like that. Um, my father passed away actually five years ago and we never discussed it. So that's like one regret of my life that I never got an opportunity to talk to him about it, to see how he would feel. Um, I always assumed he knew but it's kind of like, I feel like he never really knew me. Um, same thing with my mom. We've never discussed it. Um, I'm sure, you know, moms and sons are very close. So I know she's aware, but it's not something that we ever discussed. Um, so, so it's not like I ever actually, you know, had like an official, like I say, coming out. Um, people I work with, like I don't go start a job and say, hey, I'm gay, you know, whatever. Eventually it'll come out, you know, if I'm dating somebody or, you know, if I talk to somebody about something, so um, people learn it that way, but it's not like I'm, you know, like big on telling people I'm gay. It's who I'm say wearing a rainbow flag t-shirt saying, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I don't do that. I mean, uh, to me, I think it's kind of <laughs> obvious, but I don't feel like I have to, you know, like go into a job and say, you know, hey, I'm gay and blah, blah, blah. You know, when they find out this is who I am, it's part of me, but it's not, you know, what defines me. So yeah, and I think that's like definitely the direction kind of the world's taking us into but I don't know when you guys like look at like social media or I don't know tv shows things like that that they're like describing gay culture like you guys came out in the 80s do you think that like let's say the generations younger than you feel like they have a good understanding of what you guys went through like coming out and in the 80s and like paving the way and that type of stuff no no I don't you know <laughs> It was pretty, it was, it was really scary. I, I don't think people have any idea of how scary it was. And I can see, you know, I, I can, the thing about COVID, I, you know, is that it's just triggering like a lot of the same stuff. It's like, oh, great. Another pandemic, another like sense of, um, you know, you don't know who to believe. There's different information coming out. It was way scary because you just, um, People don't understand it also. Younger people today, when I talk to them about it, it's like, they don't realize that it's, I wasn't like 40 when it happened. I was like your, I was like younger than you. You know, I was in my mid twenties. And at first you think, oh, it's only gonna happen to like people who are, you know, 40 or 50 years old in San Francisco, New York. And the next thing you know, within your group, you've got like six people that, that get it and die. And that's what's just so, it, that was, was unbelievably, it was unbelievably scary. It was like a bomb, you know, like a war zone. And uh, I, I just can't 
express how paranoid that made you because it was like, it made me paranoid. People don't understand how gruesome the thing was. You know, you would see people who had, you know, uh, KS, uh, Kaposi's sarcoma lesions on their face or wasting disease. Uh, people who had like, uh, I forget which it was, but there was one that like, it made your head swell up like a beach ball. You know, they get huge puffs. It just was really gruesome. And, uh, you know, we don't see people, I, I think people would take COVID a lot more seriously if they saw everybody struggling to breathe on a, on a, on a respirator. But then you, you knew it and you saw it and you saw it, um, you saw it in the bar, you saw it, you saw it. It was, it was everywhere and it was a bit like- When you went out, you'd be like, oh, this, something's up with this man. Oh yeah, yeah, you, you knew. And I, I feel like every time I feel like I was, you know, whistling past a graveyard because I, it was a bit of musical chairs you know, I found somebody really early on, um, but, you know, uh, and and um, it really did that fear kind of screwed up your your approach to sex, because every time you had any relations with anybody, you weren't it wasn't even really clear whether it was transmitted by uh, oral sex or they used to talk. They used to warn against like deep kissing and you'd go in there and you'd have to wait like you, you had to wait at least i think it was initially like 3 months or 6 weeks after then it would take you like 3 months to get the first results that would be you know 90% sure and then another 3 months after that for 99% sure and so you know every time you had sex at least every time i had sex i'd be like you know oh my god i've got you got 6 months of total panic <laughs> at the slightest cold you gotta like so, really trust somebody. Say which? You had to like really trust somebody. Yeah, I mean, it really, really pushes you to trust. And um, you know, when you're 25 and you're horny as hell, and and uh, it, you know, it it gets it was a really difficult time. And people respire, re, people um, responded a lot to the. At least I did. Either people get you know hyper fearful. Or they just sort of figured like, there's nothing I can do. I'm not going to care. I'm not going to worry about it, you know. And which we kind of people... saw during COVID. Some people cared. Some yeah. people parties in their apartments. Some people were like, oh, I'm gonna whatever. Yeah. You you find like uh, 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 you find an excuse or a rationale in your mind of of what the danger is to you, and you're it's really hard to talk you out of talk somebody out of that, you know. If they say, oh well, you know, I know that. You know, if I top, it's not a real danger to me. That makes me comfortable. They're going to do it. You know what I mean? You're not going to be able to tell them, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. You, you can do that till you're blue in your face. And that, that's why I think you get a lot of people who are, are my generation and older, you know, when they now they have this whole prep thing. Everybody I know is super cynical of it. We're all, it's like, you know, that can't be right. I've heard so many miracle cures. It can't be right. You know, so, but that, uh, so I, I don't think uh, younger guys know the extent of how, how, how spooky it was and how, um, how that really affected a whole generation of people. I mean, you can talk to people now that are our age, there was no one around, you know, it was much, it was a huger gulf between younger and older people in those, in those days, I believe it was just much harder to find people you know, who were, who were much older. Find people. Like it was like hard to meet people. Well, yeah. I mean, um, it was, uh, you know, how do you find, there was a bigger gulf between young and old. A lot of older guys, you know, sort of retreated everybody, uh, you know, because of AIDS, it wasn't the whole bar party scene had kind of died. It was out there, but it wasn't the same sort of freewheeling thing that everybody remembers in the 70s. There's sort of a big difference between the 70s and the 80s. The 70s were unbridled, whatever the hell you want went, you know, what it was sex on demand in the 80s, you know, by the time you got to 84, 85, people just weren't, you know, a lot of people having sex and everything, but it was just way more fearful. There was this like, you were kind of like, what's going to happen out there? And, uh, and that's the real that's the real challenge. And it was hard to find somebody who was older, you know, who could you could look up to as a mentor, because a lot of those people either, you know, didn't go out to the bars or there really wasn't a way to connect with somebody who might be a lot older. 
Um, and it was, it was tougher and, and people were sick all the time, you know, like, you know, you go to like gay sports clubs or whatever. I went to some, this is actually a funny story. If you can indulge me briefly, Let's hear it. <laughs> so I go to this club. I'm like 21. I'm this like blonde thing, dumb as a box of rocks. I mean, I'm just the ultimate blonde twink. I don't look like that now, but I was at the time and I had first come out and I decided I was going to get involved with the, um, there, I was in university in Wisconsin and there was like a local wrestling or local uh, gay outing club. And uh, they're going to do like hikes and everything. And I thought, oh, that's really, really cool. And so I joined this club and I go to this like nondescript house in the other side of town. I open up the door and I'm like 21. Everybody in there is like, you know, 40 plus something or other. I'm like, there's huge stacks of porn, like all over the living room. There's like naked pictures all over this guy's wall and everything. And they're all like sitting around a circle looking at me like they could eat me, you know? And I'm just like dying. That's <laughs> and so I got- I love that. I know that sounds so creepy to say, but I kind of love that. Yeah. So I, I mean, I was always, I liked older guys. I thought they were great, but this was like a group that were like, turned out they ran like the local porn review club and a whole bunch of other stuff. <laughs> but um, a lot of them were really, were also really ill. And that was like, it was like, do I really want to get in, into that group, you know, and uh, connect with them? They knew each other. And so I, I tended to, at least in my experience, I tended to stick with your own age group kind of thing and your own cohort as you do. You know, it was just. I feel just like in general, even now, I think a lot of people kind of stick to like, let's say their own age groups ish, like. I obviously have friends in various age groups. Like, I mean, I have friends who are like, now that I'm getting older, if you will, um, <laughs> I have friends who are like 20 and 21 who like ask me a ton of questions and I'm equally so envious of them because like I was not out. Like I only came out when I was 21. So like they seem very sure of themselves, which is great to watch. But I also have friends who are like 50, 60 who are like, Jeff, let's go to dinner. Let's do a workout class. And they're like sober because they feel like they've done the party scene and they're not into drinking and they don't like to do this. And it's more of like a catch up and give me life advice. And I just love talking with them. But I mean, Rob, let me ask you this. And I don't mean to single you out because you're single, but you're probably, let's say more in the scene maybe than David might be living in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> you, do you still feel like you're kind of like in the scene of like gay culture? Or, um, actually, no, even though I'm, I'm single, I not really, um, like I don't go out anymore. I used to, when I was young, probably your age, Jeff younger and in through my mid thirties, I was out dancing week weekends, weeknights. I would be out till like two o'clock in the morning and get up six o'clock and go to work and it wouldn't bother me. I mean, and, and I wasn't like a partier, like a drug or drinking or anything like that. I just love to dance. And go out. I would just go out and dance by myself sometimes. It would just, I really enjoyed that. Um, but now that as I've gotten older, I find I don't really want to go to the clubs because I feel out of place. I feel like, you know, the younger generation is looking at me like, like I used to look at the older people if I saw them, like, what is this old man doing here? You know, we want to have fun, you know. So I, I don't feel comfortable like I used to, which is sad and, you know, kind of, you know, makes me nostalgic for the old days but um so i'm not really that much into um like the the scene uh, if you want to call it that you know i have a few you know gay friends that i hang out with but um like i'll do gay pride you know i'll, I'll do stuff like that but like actually like going out to the clubs or anything like that i i stopped doing that quite a few years ago and i miss it but um i feel like i've had my time you know i've had my fun you know, now it's time for me, you know, to, to let the next generation, you know, go out and, and do their thing. And ha but, um, but like, I know this probably sounds weird, but like, at what point do you get to that you feel like this isn't for me anymore? Um, and it's not like I feel it's not for me. I still would love to go out and dance and every night and do that. Um, I, I just, I think it was mainly, I probably like mid 40s, mid, mid, because even in my early 40s, I, I would still go out, you know, and that was at the point where, you know, and, and not to brag, you know, but when I was younger, I would go into a club and 
I had no trouble meeting people, you know, or, or attracting people. And and as you get older, of course, you know, your looks go, your hairs go, your hairs, you know, gone. Um, you have gray in your in your mustache and you know wrinkles and and you don't get the attention that you did when you were younger. So that's kind of you know a big ego deflator too, you know. So so that has something to do with it too. But I th- I think it was mainly like when I reached my forties, I kind of decided you know okay it's time for me to you know step away from you know going out every night and partying and trying to meet people and that's not how it's going to happen you know so then again you know I'm single because it is very hard you know at this age to meet anybody I mean I'm sure you guys seen too yeah yeah and and you know what I mean like the the bars you go to at 25 are not the same bars people go to at 65 you know or restaurants or something like that it's a slower scene I mean we went to Palm Springs a couple years ago and that's a total scene, but like I'm 60 and I'm chicken, you know, it's like. <laughs> you want to know what's interesting is I actually was in Palm Springs for pride and I had to be there on like a Tuesday, for example. And so I was like, okay, fuck it. We're in Palm Springs. And I was with two of my friends who are gay and my age. And we went out. And when I tell you the next closest person in age to me was probably 20 years. I was like, oh, this is like kind of cool though, that they have like a whole strip of bars that like all these like older guys go to and like they hang out and they all like knew each other and like it was really eye-opening and interesting that like I was like this oddball like invading wow. this yeah. and I was like oh I'm sorry that I just showed up <laughs> to your place like, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think I think there's a lot of bars in Key West that are like that too they're more geared toward the older crowd so there are you know places like that yeah no, I've never been Palm cool. Springs. I would love to go someday. That's like my my dream vacation. Let's say Palm Springs Pride. We will all thrive next November. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, David, let me start with you though. Do you think social media helps you feel like you're kind of like involved in like the gay circle a little bit? Uh, to be honest, yeah, I, I I do actually. I do think it does. Um, I said for a while, we used to live in Wisconsin. Uh, my partner and I met in graduate school and um, he got a teaching job at this university that was out um, a couple hours uh, from Minneapolis. And so we lived in the, we ended up buying like a big rural property in the middle of nowhere, but we really enjoyed that. You know, it was beautiful scenery and everything. But uh, I, I remember it was the internet just started and they had the web. And there was this thing called ruralgay.com. And that was like a website for guys living in the middle of nowhere, you know, and you could sort by by um, state and everything and try to find people that way. And now I think about it and it's so much, it's so different, you know, there's there's all kinds of stuff now. And the, the social media, especially the apps, depending on how you use them, you know, there's like, uh, you know, Silver Daddies and, Daddy Hunt and Recon and Mister and all these like apps that are geared for older guys. Um, we had none of that then. And it's easy to connect with other people who are your age. A lot of these apps are still for people that are living kind of out, no matter where you are, you're going to be able to find somebody who's in that, in that area. It's a little easier. I mean, the people we, we met, I, I'm the more social of the two of us. So I would answer ads in the newspaper because before the apps and the web, there was like ads in the newspaper. That's how you met people. And, you know, some of those people you met were kind of sketchy. I mean, we went to this one guy's place and they lived like two hours away from us. And they were also a gay couple. And the whole the whole um, like house was decorated in chicken motif. Like they had chicken wallpaper and chicken carpeting and like chickens everywhere. It was yeah. immediately I would have sprinted out of that. <laughs> it was like they were two hours away. We had dinner. You know, it was a little, it was a little weird. It turns out they were like nudists. They didn't really put that part. And it was like, I was, you know, I was my dumb blonde self thinking this is going to be great. We'll talk about farming. Well, they had some other plowing in mind, but, um, but we, but so, you know, to answer your question, um, I think social media does, does help if you want to use it. It's just harder when you get, uh, I guess, older to, to kind of keep up. And it seems like the lingo changes all the time. You know, I mean, it's just, 
I don't know, some of the descriptions and everything, it just gets too much, you know, works. There's just a lot of different categories now that we never really had. And it's, it's kind of cool because I think, you know, we used to talk about, um, they used to really, when I first came out and I would buy porn as a kid or teenager or whatever, you know, they would talk about Greek and French. Do you know what Greek and French are? No. So we talk about Greek is anal sex, French was oral sex. And so you'd look in these ads and the ads would say, you know, Greek passive seeks, you know, uh, Greek active, blah, 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 blah. It was a totally different kind of lingo. And then there would be, you know, um, GWM and this whole okay. description. Cut you off for a second, but you're saying these would be in like your local public newspapers, just like. Oh God, no, 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 no. In like a gay, uh, you know, little gay like newsletter or a gay, you know, uh, newspaper thing at the back. I'm like thinking, was there like some like low key on the low, like you would go to like the garage sale section and you would just see someone say like Greek, like NSF. No, no, I think people would be too, be too like, freaked out for that. House. <laughs> no, but in virtually like all kinds of, you know, uh, porno magazines back then weren't the same entire, I mean, there was smut and naked guys but they would also have like weird ass, like reviews of theater and opera. And then they would have like classified ads in the back, you know, some of them. And so, cause that was really the only way you could kind of, that was the gay community. If you're living in Nowheresville, you know, was yeah. through, these, through these magazines until the advocate came out kind of. Well, let me ask, or, well, I guess Rob, I'll start with you, but like, kind of going off what David was saying about like the lingo changes and like, I guess you could say like gay culture changes, things like that. Like, do you find a value in like finding friends who kind of have various age groups or do you find that you kind of stick to people your own age? Um, actually, um, the friends that I have are actually younger than me. I don't, I have very few friends that are my age. So and I, and I like that because that does keep me, you know, involved in what's going on and new stuff. And, and I like hearing, you know, about their lives and their coming out stories and how it's so much different from when, you know, I was younger. And, and um, like, I know you would ask this question earlier, but I don't, I don't think they do appreciate everything that the older generation has gone through and, and how, much it, how much it's changed, even though some things are still the same there's still a lot of you know homophobia you know and, and stuff like that but just the fact that kids can go to school now and just be openly gay and i mean in my day that was unheard of you know and it and, and it makes me it makes me feel good you know that that they can do that that they can live their lives honestly from such a young age so um so yeah i, I like being in touch and hanging out with with the younger crowd than myself because it does keep me you know in the loop and, and, and I learn new things and like, you know, like we were talking about the lingo changes. So I know what different things mean now. And, and, um, and I, and I, you know, I, I, I'm on TikTok and Instagram. So I try to keep up with, you know, the latest trends and everything just to, to keep myself young. And Rob, are you making TikToks? Am I what? Are you making uh, TikToks? No, <laughs> I haven't been able to do that yet, but I, I may, you know. <laughs> Okay. I'm totally addicted to TikTok. <laughs> David, you got TikTok yet? Oh yeah, I'm on. I, I'm on TikTok. I'm in Instagram. I'm. I do Twitter. The thing about Instagram that freaks me out is sometimes I'll have somebody who will DM me privately. You know, hey, I want to be your friend or whatever, and you're a hot daddy and blah blah blah. blah. And so you, then you click yes, you know, and you accept them or whatever, and then you go and you friend them and you follow them. And their like Twitter feed or their Instagram feed are all these guys, and you think, oh my god, those guys are really old. Oh, I must be one of those. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, that's what makes you feel really old. <laughs> I get the, I I don't even know. I feel like we probably get the weirdest messages that we can't even explain or comprehend. Yeah, but I, I have a blast with it. It's it's a good time. I've tried to get my other half to do a TikTok together. Because there was that TikTok where it was like 14 questions for different couples or whatever, but he won't do it. So he's uh, he's older than me by four years. And so his, for him, it's like he does TikTok, Facebook a little bit, but not much else. I'm the one who kind of does the technology. Because So what would you say your favorite social media app is? Rob, you go first. 
Um, right now it's Instagram. It was Facebook, but that's getting kind of boring. So I love Instagram because um, the, just the photos that you see, the, there's more to it. Um, Jeff, I love your, your Instagram. You have the best photos on there, I have to admit. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel it's, um, it just, it's just more interesting to me now. TikTok, I, I kind of once in a while, I'll, I'll look at it. Um, Twitter, I'm not really into Twitter that much. Like I don't. It's do good Twitter. for porn, but I feel like there's so yeah. many opinionated yeah. that like shut the fuck up. Right? Yeah, it's exactly. Crazy. And, and Twitter, I feel like if I put something out there, like who really cares what I have to say? That's my that's my view on Twitter. Um, I I do you know of course I'm on Facebook every day, but that's mainly like for family stuff and friends and you know more the the um the safer stuff. You know, no no porn, you know, nothing like that. So um. But I, I, right now, I, I enjoy Instagram probably the most out of all the, um, the apps, social media. David, you know, what? I, I like Instagram probably the most. Uh, Twitter is just uh, a mind. It's, it's just, it's, it's vicious. You just get in there and you're arguing with people out of notes. It's, just bots. it's like boxing with a kangaroo. I, 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 you know, and TikTok is just like totally addictive, but also gets you like really riled up. So I like Instagram, what I really like about your um, feed is you make it interactive. Like when you have those guessing games and stuff, those are really fun. You know, when you got to guess, um, you know, who's what or whatever it is, that's really cool. So I enjoy that a lot. I do, I do Facebook, but I would say Instagram is, uh, is my favorite by far. So yeah. yeah. And another point, like even, you know, when you put that up a couple of days ago about looking for game men over 60, you know, and I responded and I, Honestly, I never thought I would hear anything back. And then when you were small, I'm like, wow, he really saw you know, my message. This is really cool. So, <laughs> so thank you for that. Because most of the times you respond to people and you don't get any you know, feedback. Nobody, you know, responds back. So that, that I mean, I, I'm, and I'm enjoying this. So I'm glad you did. No, honestly, I think out of like social media world, like friends who also have followings or whatever and like make a living off this, I would say, like, of course, like, I get, like, a lot of backlash and, like, hate from people, and it is absolutely brutal to, like, have to, like, get through the war zone, but the other 90%, it's, like, the nicest, most, like, humbling men, and, like, you two are, like, prime examples of that, because, like, if I'm gonna have somebody on a podcast, I would say, like, scroll through, like, our DMs and, like, what you've said to me to make sure I'm not, like, oh, I'm gonna invite this guy on. He's going to fucking rip me a new asshole because he hates me. So I'm like scrolling through to make sure he never like called me on or said you're a dumb fucking bitch. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, this is this guy. hate me. <laughs> um, but no, it is cool. Like I do think it's, it's interesting to watch like this community of guys. You know what I mean? Like now like David and Rob, you guys are now connected because of just like this social media account. That's like, like, I don't know. It's just like such a weird time that social media can do that for people, you know? It's important to be positive. There are positive aspects to it. A lot of people are down on it, you know, but you you can see some really cool stuff. There was a whole Instagram thing with a hashtag, the view out my window. And they had all these people in the Ukraine that were taking pictures of out their kitchen windows, you know, what it looked like before they had to evacuate their house and stuff. It was really, really touching. So I, I, I'm a yeah. big fan. I like to look on the bright side of things. So, you can definitely go one way or the other. You can find, um, yeah, the hole you choose to go down is on. Yes, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's really true. Uh, not to veer and get like awkwardly sexual for a second, but one of the things I want to ask you guys because you guys said you do like playing like the games and like sometimes when I pick a game where it's like let's call it like the top or bottom game, for example, right? Like to me, it sometimes feels like old and outplayed. And maybe that's just because like, I feel like I've been like seeing the same things over and over again for seven years. So it's like, now this is feeling old to me. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when I go out, of course, that's kind of like the first thing that crosses your mind when you see somebody or you're messaging someone, you're like, hmm, like, I wonder what they would be like sexually. Oh. Like, <laughs> I think that's just like a fair question, right? So totally. I mean, like, I guess David, let's start with you. Back in the day when you were like 
coming out, hooking up with guys. Let's like throw ourselves back in the eighties. Was it so like top and bottom oriented as it is today? Were people more verse or like, what was the vibe? Um, not, not, I wouldn't really say it was top or bottom. Um, you, you actually, you know, you got to remember when I was hooking up and everything and there was AIDS going on, a lot of, you know, a lot of people were sides. Do you, do you know what a side is? I've never heard that in my a life. Side, I learned this from social media. A side isn't a top and isn't a bottom. It's people who don't have uh, anal sex at all. They just do, you know, hand jobs. Uh, they do what they used to call the Princeton rub. Um, they might do oral sex. Uh, so in those, in those days, it was, um, I was, I was pretty cautious. Um, anal sex was really not on my uh, radar until I was really, really sure uh, with somebody. So there was a, a lot of what they call the Princeton rub, which is, I think they call it frottage or something or other, a lot of hand jobs, a lot of mutual masturbation, uh, you know, even blow, blow jobs were a little spooky, but you know, to answer your question, uh, people there were the cat. I don't think the categories were really as fixed as they are now. Like this is the thing that does drive me kind of bonkers with kid with with the younguns is they got all these goddamn labels. I can't keep track. You know, demisexual and quasi sexual, phrase sexual. I just saw that one this afternoon, but <laughs> it was like I think back then it was more. It wasn't who you were. It was like what you did. You know. And uh, it was just the chance to have sex. Uh, you know, when you when you were hooking up, you didn't really have the opportunity to say ahead of time, "Hey, I'm into, you know, this, this, and this." It was a little bit more like, you know, you kind of get to know. You know, you might see somebody in a bar, you go back to their place, and then it was, "What do you like to do?" You know, well, let's do this or let's do that. So it wasn't really like I'm a top and I'm a bottom. To, to me, it was a lot more activity uh, instead of the identity. There, there really wasn't even bears or even in the leather community, it was still like they had all these flags and everything, you know, all the handkerchiefs, but those were all about what you were doing, you know, whether you're into water sports or, or you know, fisting and all the rest of that. So it wasn't, wasn't so much an identity thing and people weren't really, you could kind of change your mind. You didn't have to be like, you know, uh, uh, right hanky, you know, blue all the time. You could have a collection to decide what you wanted. <laughs> yeah. Like Friday night, you might be blue, but Saturday night, you might be red. Right, right, right. <laughs> Rob, what about you? Do you agree with that? Um, I, I remember, like, when I first started having sex, um, being more or less like a top or bottom situation, like, like versatile to me is something that just seems like more more recent, more people are versatile. But um, but the thing like back in, in my day when you were going out and hooking up and meeting people, you didn't have Grindr and, and, and all these other sites where before you even met the person, you knew, okay, this guy is top, this guy is bottom, this guy is versatile. So at that time you met somebody, there was no internet, you had no idea what they were into, you know, whether you went home with them or whatever, that was when you found out. So a lot of times, you know, things wouldn't work out the way that you really had planned through them because you didn't know ahead of time, you know, what they were into or, you know, so, so, I mean, uh, I mean, nowadays it's just so easy. You can just go online and find whatever you're looking for, you know, whatever it is, whatever you're into, you know, at the, you know, just go to a website and you can find it. But, you know, back in that day, you know, in my day, it, it was a lot different. And, and I do find that um, I think there's more versatile people around now than um back in the day and also i mean i do agree with um with dave where he says there's a lot of new terms out there nowadays that just i i'm confused even i mean simple things like people say they're a cis man i still don't know what that is does that mean you know i think that means that you're just normal but it makes it sound like it's just you know i don't know if that means they're trans or they're into this or into that so you know, it's constantly like every day you're learning new things, you know, new new phrases and new terms and and the the and they and them and all that stuff. And that that all just, just very confusing to me. So, I mean, I have nothing against it, but, you know, sometimes I just get confused. It's a lot to learn on a daily basis. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 
So let me ask you, I feel like we could talk for hours, but David, let me throw this at you. Like, what's like a piece of advice you've like kind of gone through in your life that you're like, I wish I told myself, like, this is something you would tell your younger self. Um, well, I always said, you know, you only go around the planet once, so you got to try it all. But as I get older, um, one of the things I think is that, you know, nobody's grading you in life. You don't, you don't come out at the end with like a, a, an A or B or a C style life. And so you got to be really careful that you don't set yourself up feeling like you're supposed to live some sort of expectation. You don't have to have, uh, you know, a partner and kids and a gorgeous house and everything, you know, and make tons of money. You can, you can live single and you can have a really cool interests that you really like in a series of lovers that are fascinating. You can, you, there's so, there's, you can do whatever you want as a gay person. There's no template. And what I fear is a lot of people are following this template like you have to get married. You have to have a gaby, you know, and you have to have uh, a certain type of life to be successful. And I, I th what I think is so cool about being gay is everything is valid. I don't, I envy a lot of my single friends, you know, they have a really cool flexibility. They can do what they want at a drop of a hat. They don't go through half the drama that I got all the time, you know, and they envy me and, but it's, they're all valid, you know, and that's, what's really, that's what I would tell my younger self. Don't, don't feel like there's a certain way to be gay and you gotta, you know, and if you don't fulfill that way, you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna pass the big gay test at the end. You don't have to check all the boxes. You don't have to check all the boxes. You don't have to check all your boxes. So that would be my advice. Rob, what do you want to add here? Let's hear it. Uh, um, my advice would be uh, don't hide. Um, live your life. Um, be proud. Um, let people know you're gay. You don't have to like scream it or shout it or like I said, carry a banner or wave a flag but don't be afraid to be yourself. Um, if people don't like it, then that's their problem. But um, I mean, too much of my life, I feel, especially when I was younger, was spent being in the closet and not being who I was um, openly and honestly. And, and I see a lot of, like I said, a lot of younger people now who are doing that and, and I envy them in a way and I'm proud of them. But, you know, I wish I, in my younger self, I had more, you know, um, more freedom to, to be who I was in, in school and even, you know, years after school and stuff. So, so that would be my advice to anybody younger and to my younger self, just live your life. Don't worry about what other people think. Um, just enjoy the freedom and be who you are. Don't lie. <laughs> well, boys, any last words, actually here, let me throw this. What's a piece of advice you want young, uh, somebody younger right now like people who are listening to this and they're like i want to get some insight from this man like what do you want these people to think when they end this podcast from whatever you've said tonight or in general um shall i go first yeah david let's right. so um uh you know it sounds it sounds sort of trite but um one of these days when you least expect it out of nowhere someone's going to come up to you and say hi daddy and you're going to be old before you even knew it before you even know it so be nice to those old old fogies that you see because that's going to be you one of those days when you least expect it and so you know we have a lot to learn from each other i love my younger friends and i even have friends who are older than me and i love them all you know so we can learn from each other and you know we're also great in bed don't forget that <laughs> david I'm going to stop you there because I don't want you to get in any more trouble than you've already been in. in your life. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, any last words? Um, just en enjoy your life. Um, don't let anything stop you. It's way too short. Believe me, I'm at 61 and I don't know how I got here. So just, just have fun, do what you want to do. Don't let anybody stop you. Life is way too short. So just enjoy it and, and have fun. Well, guys, I got to say, this has felt very like, let's say like wholesome, fun. 
I loved, loved, loved talking to both of you. Like, there's no, listen, all my friends were like, I'm going out, I'm doing this. And I was like, I'm going to go. And they're like, why? And I was like, I'm going to go do a podcast. And they were like asking me a million questions about who you two were. And I was like, honestly, I don't know anything about either of them. <laughs> but I was like, I'm actually really excited because I think it's going to go like really well. And they're like, okay, Jeff, like have so much fun. I'm like, I'm going to have a great time. And this was so fun. So honestly, both, thank you so, so much for doing this because it was really interesting. Like, I feel like I even gained a lot from listening to both of you talk. Good. It was awesome. a lot of fun. And yeah, it was. I really enjoyed it too. Yeah. Thank you. you. Got a lot of, a lot of older listeners on there too. We'll I'm, all come out of the woodwork to like this podcast. I, I appreciate everyone who supports the traveling bum. And let me tell you, when I tell you that's my biggest complaint, that is my biggest complaint is people are like, Jeff, we don't care that he's 21 and famous on TikTok. Get somebody who has a real fucking story. I'm like, okay, bitch, got it. Thank you so much for the nice criticism. Awesome. Well, David, I'll start with you. If people want to follow you on Instagram, what is your Instagram handle? Uh, the Instagram handle is Musgrave Mountain Man, and it's uh, Musgrave, M-U-S-G-R-A-V-E, and then it's M-T-N-M-A-N, Musgrave Mountain. Otherwise, you can look for David Rumsey, but there's another famous David Rumsey out there. But, but uh, if you search for Musgrave, you'll find me. What, what are they going to find there? A lot of shirtless selfies in the garden? Uh, you'll see a lot of uh, farm pics and everything. Uh, the shirtless selfies I put on a different account. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we could plug that one later then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a different podcast. <laughs> Rob, what's your Instagram? It's South Tampa Rob. Very simple. Wow. And people will know where to find you too. If you're in <laughs> South Tampa, hit up Rob. They will. Yeah. Come visit me. Yeah. <laughs> and no, no, no shirtless selfies on mine either. It's mainly food and pics with family. So listen, everyone loves food. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I do a lot of baking. I got a lot of food pics, food and photography. So, well, guys, thank you so much for coming on. And you guys can tune in next week for another episode of Behind the Bum. So I hope you guys all have a great week. Thanks, Bye, guys. Jeff. Bye. <laughs>